Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, conflicting reports about Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Is he on the Raiders big board? Is he not on the Raiders big board? We'll talk about that. Plus, Florida quarterback uh, Anthony Richardson had a big day at his pro day on Thursday. A lot of oohs and ahs and wows coming out of that pro day. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on a very busy Friday, March 31st, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just Your win. team every Just day. Win. Just win. You're to win as a raider. Pillaging just for fun. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, one, we definitely appreciate you. And two, that's because of my man, Ari. Ari's making sure he's on the job each and every day. And we're up on YouTube and we're looking good. So we definitely appreciate him. You can check him out on Twitter. At Ari Produces, lots to get to in today's show, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, we'll have to talk about Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, a guy that many people, including myself, thought he was the number one player in this upcoming draft. And before the incident that happened at the Combine, and just in case you don't know, just to catch up to speed, he had to leave the Combine uh, in Indianapolis, go back to Georgia, turn himself in, was arrested, bailed out, returned to the Combine to talk to a few teams about the incident. But this all has to do with the street racing situation where his teammate ended up getting an an accident and dying and so did the the team manager for Georgia and it was a really bad situation uh, but ultimately Jalen Carter just got charged with a couple misdemeanors and uh, there's going to be no jail time for him so I remember being at the combine in Indianapolis when this all broke out and shook out and I kind of uh, went on the radio and I said I, I don't think that this is a good situation for the Raiders just because of the situation that happened with Henry Ruggs just not too long ago and I know it's not apples to apples it's not completely the same but it's very similar. And so I would not blame the Raiders at all if they said, hey, you know, we just can't uh, in, in right mind go ahead and pull the trigger on a guy like that with that kind of situation, knowing what happened in this very community here in Las Vegas. But I also could see the Raiders with this staff in place with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel saying, hey, that wasn't on our watch. Right. We didn't have anything to do with it. We've talked to the guy. We feel very good about our culture. We feel good, very good about our leaders in place. Uh, we feel very good about the young man. And oh, by the way, he's a great football player. He's exactly what we need. And look, make no mistake about it. He is everything that the Raiders need right now on defense. They need that defensive tackle that can get to the quarterback, stop the run, be a dominant force, just like Daryl Russell was, just like Chester McLaughlin was. And, you know, a few others that the Raiders have had, but not many. Right, They haven't had a dominant defensive tackle, as far as I'm concerned, in a very long time. I know Richard Seymour was a really good one, but, I mean, again, he was at the end of his career. Grady Jackson was a good one, but uh, to get a guy that was homegrown like Chester McLaughlin and uh, Chester and uh, excuse me, Daryl Russell is just different level, right? Daryl Russell really was a big-time player that I was a big fan of. Of course, rest in peace to Daryl Russell, but uh, I could see this, this staff saying, hey, that's exactly what we need. But the reports came out on Thursday that – he was off their draft board completely. Uh, Vic Taver from The Athletic actually put out a piece recapping everything that happened at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona that I was at as well. And basically in the piece, he said that Jalen Carter was not an option for him at number seven. But a lot of outlets ran with that and said Jalen Carter was not an option for them, period, and that they were taking him off the big draft board. And that's not what Vic wrote. Right. I mean, again, you have to go back and actually read 
what he said on the in the athletic and he didn't say completely off the board just off the board at seven now that doesn't mean that they're going to have an opportunity to get him because I don't think he's going to get one I don't think he's going to get to number seven I think he doesn't get past uh, Seattle at number five I feel like that they're the kind of team that will take a shot at him they have two first round picks uh, he's a heck of a player as I mentioned before and I could see a guy like Pete Carroll saying you know what we got the proper uh, leadership in place we've got the proper culture here uh, and that's kind of what Seattle does they take chances on some guys and a lot of times it works out so uh, I would not be shocked at all to see Jalen Carter be drafted number five overall to the Seattle Seahawks I really don't see him getting out of the top 10 I really don't somebody will take him if it's not the Lions at six then the Raiders would obviously have an opportunity at seven the Bears can get him at number nine I mean there's a lot of teams that could use a Jalen Carter so I would be shocked to see him get out of the top 10 but uh, of course the the report came out that you know Vic Tafer said he was off their board he went out again and said I wrote that Carter wasn't an option for them at number seven and the team will likely have someone write a rebuttal soon well speaking of rebuttals Vinny Bonsignor he put out a tweet later on Thursday and said just spoke to Josh McDaniels and he reiterated what he told reporters about Jalen Carter on Monday Contrary to a recent report, the Raiders doing their due diligence on Carter, who remains on their draft board. Carter will meet with the Raiders as one of their 30 visits in April. That's from Vinny Bonsignor. And what he's talking about when he says Josh McDaniels and Monday at the owners meetings, Vinny asked him straight up about Jalen Carter following the, the first uh, meeting we, we had with Josh McDaniels. We had about 26 to 28 minutes with him inside the media room, uh, whereas the round table, the little breakfast with the head coaches. Then we went outside for another 15 minutes and Vinny started everything off asking about Jalen Carter. Here's that conversation. Josh, there's a player in this draft, Jalen Carter, um, who you know, obviously has some baggage and it's a little bit raw when it comes to Las Vegas, considering some of the recent history that, that's happened. How, how do you guys kind of assess all of that with, um, with, with what happened and yep. what's happened here? In- I think I think the big thing is to, to really do our work and know the truth of everything. Um, I think there's a lot of things that could be said or speculated about. But you got to be careful about pinning on somebody. Um, I think the reality for us is, you know, our interest in the draft is always to make sure that we know how we feel about the character of the human being that we're talking about, not just a rumor. Um, so we'll do everything we have to do to make sure that not only with Jalen, but any, any other player, we understand exactly what the truth is, you know, what, what we're talking about who we're getting if we select them. Um, and there's still work to be done, I'd say, across the board in the draft on that. We still have, you know, more than a month here to go. So, um, I, you know, that'll all play itself out. But um, I don't I don't rush to judgment on any of those things because I think sometimes when you do that, you'll make a mistake. If that process takes you to a good place where you feel, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this, this can work out, any hesitation at all? To- no. I mean, if you feel like, Again, we, we want to draft players that will represent the Raiders uh, both on and off the field the right way, and um, we have a certain standard that we believe in. Um, so does Mr. Davis. Uh, he sets the bar, and so to me, once we once we've identified, you know, uh, and gone through our process, um, if we feel like the player, you know, look, we'll, if we don't feel like we're we're safe to draft somebody, we'll just take them off the board. You know, and not even include that part of our as part of our process. So, um, once the process is done, um, whoever's left, uh, then they're they're all they've all been approved, and we'll go forward with with our process in the draft. But uh, we still have some time here before that happens. So there you go, Vinny Bonsignor 
uh, asking Josh McDaniel straight up about Jalen Carter. So then later on, I had an opportunity to talk to GM Dave Ziegler. And when I asked my question, it had to do with Jalen Carter, but I didn't say Jalen Carter specifically because I really just wanted to know about the process when it comes to potential players that are really good on the field but could have character concerns off the field. So here's my question to GM Dave Ziegler and his response to that. What goes into the process of evaluating a player that may have a few issues off the off the field as well, but you know he's a talent on the field? You have to do your due diligence. And, and uh, you know, I won't get into all, all the specifics, but, right. um, you know, there's um, – I think you have to go the extra length in those situations, um, whether it's um, spending time with the player, the player's family. Um, you know, you just, you can't, um, our, our college scouts do a great job in the fall, you know, gaining information from, you know, the sources that they get into the school and that's highly valuable information, but there's going to be some guys that you're going to have to, you know, do more work on and spend more time on and, and to make sure that you feel like whether you're eliminating that player mm-hmm. um, or that you're keeping that player alive, um, you have to just, there's extra work that needs to be done and it's, it's our responsibility to do that. So there you go right there. You heard from the GM, you heard from the head coach. I don't believe he's off their big board. I don't think he should be off their big board. And I sure don't think that they should be advertising he's off their big board because, well, I mean, there could be a team that potentially wants to trade up with them to go get him and they can get some good draft capital. Like they shouldn't be saying that anybody's off their, their big board right now, right? They should be acting like they're all in on him and that they really want him just in case someone else wants to, you know, wants to jump up and, and be a potential trade partner or someone jump up in front of them and maybe another player that they're looking at falls to them. Like right now, you don't say that anybody's off your draft board, right? Because you want to have all options open if for nothing, no other reason to have a smoke screen. So I don't believe that they've taken them completely off their board, but I definitely understand the concerns. And when I was at the owners meetings uh, on, on uh, well, Sunday through what Wednesday, I guess, uh, when I was there, uh, I talked to Plenty of NFL insiders that didn't work for the Raiders but worked for multiple outlets that said, Q, he's got a lot of baggage, right? He's got a lot of character concerns, a lot more than just the speeding incident and the street racing incident that happened in Georgia. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders uh, didn't even look at him twice, but I don't think that at this moment they've actually taken him officially off their big board. But again, that's just kind of my gut feeling and based off of what head coach Joshua Daniels and GM Dave Ziegler had to say to us at the owners' meetings. Also, later on this morning, I'll be talking to Matt Miller and Jordan Reed from ESPN. I'm excited about this. A nice draft conference call. It's actually going to happen at 8 a.m. Pacific time, so depending on what time you're listening to this, it might have already happened, but this is very similar to what Daniel Jeremiah and Mel Kuyper do when they have their pre-draft conference calls and break down all kind of different uh, prospects, and you know, that I'm excited about this one, and so I'll be on this call. I'll ask Matt Miller and Jordan Reed some uh, questions about the Raiders and some guys that they could potentially be drafted not only at number seven, but throughout the course of the draft. Plus, they'll be breaking down different players as well. They're really good at what they do. And instead of being like Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, where they kind of butt heads, they're collaborating on this one. Jordan Reed put out another mock draft not too long ago, and then the last time I talked to him was at the Combine. And uh, Matt Miller is putting out a big board. So, again, they're kind of collaborating and working together. So I think it should be a really fun conference call. And, of course, I'll bring some of the highlights and some of the sound bites to the show on Monday here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, one guy whose stock is soaring in the upcoming NFL draft. That's quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Had his pro day on Thursday. We'll talk about it. Got a tweet and a question about it. Some sound bites that I wanted to bring. Lots to get to when it comes to Anthony Richardson. Coming up in segment number two after I tell you about Built Bar and their March Madness Challenge. It is almost over. It's the last day of the month. 
And uh, right now, you've got to go ahead and get to BuiltMarchMadness.com to get your vote on for your favorite Built Bar or your favorite Built Bar Puff. I've been rocking with Cookies and Cream this whole tournament long. Also was rocking with UCLA, but you know they dipped out. So uh, no more UCLA, but Cookies and Cream is still hanging in there. So you can vote for whatever bar or puff you want to when you vote. Your fair bar puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners can get a free box of Built. Not only that, one of lucky fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have the bars or puffs delivered straight to their door. And I've told you so many reasons before why you got to try Built Bar. Flavor, low calories, low sugar, high in protein. If you're uh, watching baseball like I did on Thursday and you just need a snack, boom, Built Bar's right there for you. If you you know working hard, you're you know on the run, and you just want to go ahead and, like I say, get a snack, Boom, Built Bar is right there for you. Or maybe it's just something that, you know, you you have before you work out or after you work out and you just want a little pick-me-up. Built Bar is good for that, too. But right now, go to BuiltMarchMadness.com, vote for your favorite bar or puff, and while you're there, pick up a box of your favorite flavor or maybe try out a new flavor and see if that's all of a sudden your new favorite flavor. Again, BuiltMarchMadness.com. Check it out today. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk all things Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. And he's the guy that had his pro day one on Thursday. Every team was uh, represented there. The Raiders actually went and had dinner with him uh, the night before his pro day. I thought he was going to have dinner with the Raiders after the pro day, but they actually uh, officially had dinner with him on Wednesday. He said it all went great, but uh, got this question uh, by way of Twitter from at Laker underscore E said, do you believe Anthony Richardson is legit gut feeling? I just don't know. His pocket awareness seems strong and ball placement is good at times with some balls floating. Based on what I've seen, I can't get a feel for his field vision yet. I would need to see more tape. His running ability is unparalleled because his lower body is powerful. Let me know what you think on your show today, Q. Oh, that's from Laker E, Laker underscore E on Twitter. And you know, the thing about it is Anthony Richardson is a young cat. Uh, he doesn't have very much experience in college, only 13 uh, starts so far, but Everything I've been learning and all the research I've been doing and all the people I've been talking to, this dude has a work ethic to get better. And I'll tell you right now, uh, there was a few years ago when anyone who's been listening to this show for a long time knows I was pounding the table for the Raiders to go get Jalen Hurts. And it wasn't because he was a sure shot, no doubt about it, a franchise quarterback. But I knew he had the work ethic. I knew he had the will to get better. I knew even when uh, adversity hit, he would be a guy that could overcome it based off what happened at Alabama. He gets benched instead of sulking, instead of saying, I'm going to take my ball and go home. He stayed prepared. He stayed ready. And when Nick Saban and company looked at him and said, hey, we need you in the game, two was hurt. He went in there. He won the game and did some really good things. And then later, when it was all said and done, then he went and transferred to Oklahoma and succeeded in a whole different system, ended up in New York as a Heisman Trophy finalist. Now, he didn't win it, but he was a finalist, turned that into a second round pick. Well, and then this last Super Bowl, he was in the Super Bowl. So the reason I really was a big fan of his was because of the work ethic. I say it all the time. You don't have to be the most talented dude. You just got to be the hardest worker in the room. And I say it about myself all the time. I'm not the most talented podcaster, not the most talented radio dude, but I'm not going to get outworked. That's the one thing I can promise you that. And that sounds like from everything I'm hearing is Anthony Richardson 
to a T. I wanted you to hear a few sound bites on Anthony Richardson and even from Anthony Richardson. He actually met with Tom Pelissero and Steve, ne- uh, Steve Smith from NFL Network right after his pro day, and uh, he responds here. It's just a little bit of the interview. It's about a four-and-a-half, almost five-minute interview. This is only about a minute 31. Starting off responding to a question from Steve Smith about the whole process, how it's gone since the season, and then up to this point, about a month away from being drafted. You no, know, I've just been working. You know, uh, At times, I was very inconsistent throughout the season. You know, so I was just trying to put that behind me, you know, trying to stay consistent because I know inconsistency is not going to work at the next level. Mm. So I've just been grinding at that, just trying to, you know, perfect my craft and, and perfect who I am as a person. And coming out here to showcase what I'm able to do. You know, I'm a natural thrower, you know, so just being out there launching the ball and just tossing around with my brothers, you know, that's just what we, what we normally do. Well, you brought it up, inconsistency. What, what, do you, what do you believe led to the inconsistency or... or, or what was it about the inconsistency that didn't sit well with you? You know, living up to other people's expectations. Mm. You know, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, because I want to be great. You know, I want to be the best in the world. So um, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'll never be perfect, but, you know, I try to work to, towards perfection. And if I'm not working towards that, you know, I get in my head a little bit or what I used to. But then I started to realize I, I can't control everything. Mm. You know, I can only focus on my job and focus on what I'm able to do. You know, so just working on that and putting that behind me, that's led me to become a better player. You had dinner last night with the Raiders. How was that process with them, and did you break it to them that you might not be there at number seven? Oh, uh, see, I'm not that confident. You know, um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. You know, Lord knows what's going to happen April 27th. You know, I'm just, I'm just ready to get there and just live in, live in the moment. But the dinner was great, you know, talking to the guys and getting to know them and them getting to know me as a person, as a player, you know, and just trying to figure out the expectations in case they were to draft me, you know, what they expect from me as a rookie and what they're going to expect from me in the building, you know. So just trying to get familiarized with that stuff and just live on. So there you go, Tom Pelissero and Steve Smith from the NFL Network talking with Anthony Richardson following his pro day. And, uh, again, it just sounds like he's a humble dude that's hungry to get better. And so as I continue to do some due diligence, I had Graham Hall from 247 Sports covers the Florida Gators like a glove had him on my radio show on Thursday and just got a couple sound bites that I want you to hear from him on who Anthony Richardson is and this is the first one about the part of Anthony Richardson that nobody is really talking about at this point check it out part of the reason he's drawn so much hype is the athleticism the potential the 40 inch vertical the 4.44 40 yard dash and all the physical aspects that is the stuff that it has teams salivating. I think that what people may be missing are how intelligent this guy is. I mean, I've been around this sport for only nine, ten years as a reporter, and Anthony Richardson is one of the most intelligent people I have come across in the business, and that's between players and coaches. He knows what it takes to be successful. He's eager to do it. He's not scared of the preparation, and I think that that is what is kind of maybe easing some concerns of what you mentioned his throws in his first year at Florida wasn't perfect. A lot of throws he would like to have back, but there's a lot of promise and a guy who understands that he's only going to get better from here with the work that he's putting in. And that I think is easing. Like I said, a lot of these concerns for teams who may be willing to take him in the top five, uh, if not the top 10, definitely in my opinion, by the top 10, but potentially a top five quarterback. here. So I found that very intriguing, his intelligence, right? I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big part of it, right? I mean, you, you could be the most athletic dude. You could have the strongest arm. You could be able to run really fast. I mean, you could be that guy, but you got to be able to have it between the ears. And it sounds like Anthony Richardson really does. As a matter of fact, uh, while I was on the show and we were talking about Anthony Richardson, I got a, 
a text on the show uh, saying that, you know, we all know about his athleticism, but man, it sounds like that he's a leader of men and that people would run through a wall for him and that he's got it going on between the ears. So here's me uh, giving the reading the text to Graham Hall from 247 Sports, who covers the Florida Gators, uh, and asking him if this is basically how you describe Anthony Richardson. Check it out. You know, Graham, it's funny. We had just got a text before you came on from someone in the 707 on our don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, we all know Anthony Richardson can sling it all over the yard. He's big, strong, amazing athlete. But the more I hear him speak, the more impressed I am with him as a football player and as a person. I think he's a natural leader, and guys in the locker room will gravitate to him and run through a wall for him. Is that an accurate an accurate description of who Anthony Richardson is? I would think that you know, at just about sums it up. I, I got to say, there are some links still, even in that aspect, as good as he is right now, where he can improve. I mean, the guy in year one still was kind of trial by fire, finding out what it took to be on the same page with his wide receivers, making sure that he's consistently communicating with them, going over film. Those things Anthony had to learn a good bit last year on the fly. He can improve as a leader, and I think he understands that. He's very intelligent comes across extremely well. One of the things he can do is lead his teammates better, be a little bit more of a vocal leader, and he understands that. One of the more soft-spoken guys that I've actually ever been around, I've covered him since the high school level. I actually worked in Gainesville as the preps reporter here before joining 247 Sports when Anthony was a high school prospect at Eastside High School just down the road. And he has come miles from where he was at in terms of his speaking and reflecting the confidence that he has in himself. I think that is something worth mentioning. The guy's only going to improve as a leader. He's coming out of his shell more, and that should lead him to being a better leader inside the locker room. So that got me pretty fired up. We know that he's a super athletic guy. We know that he could do a lot of great things, has that big, strong arm. Uh, He had a couple passes at his pro day that were just incredible. Of course, he did a really good job at the combine. Uh, But for me, it's been, you know, some of the accuracy concerns, some of the just what is going on with that play. And again, only 13 career starts in college makes you wonder, you know, maybe he could have used another year or maybe he's a guy that goes to the NFL instead of sitting find some way to get into the game. I mentioned before on this show that maybe he can do some packages like they had in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick when he was sitting behind Alex Smith. I could see uh, Anthony Richardson being used in that way. But I'll tell you what, he's very intriguing prospect, right? So the final soundbite from Graham Hall from 247 Sports was on what everyone needs to watch out for when it comes to Richardson. The part that I encourage everyone to look at for him moving forward over the next couple of years is his footwork. With a guy who can hit 25 miles per hour and curls out on the run, he needs to continue, in my opinion, setting his feet when he throws because that is going to lead to correcting some of those accuracy issues. If he can improve his footwork, and from talking to guys, he has really focused on that. He trained over the past four months with Will Hewlett. That may not be a name that many people know. Will's based out of Ponte Vedra. What Will did last year was train a guy named Brock Purdy Hmm. for the NFL draft. He got Richardson to buy in on improving his footwork. And when I talked to Will today, Will said that of the quarterbacks he's coached, Anthony ranks in the top tier when it comes to one important factor, coachability. When you give him a correction, he doesn't need four or five tries to get it right. It's one try and you move on. That will save teams an abundance of time. It shows his intelligence. It shows his coachability. And it shows that things like his footwork, some mechanics, even decision-making in the game, those things can be corrected with a guy who is 
eager to put in the time to do that. So there you go. Again, you hear him talking about his work ethic, talking about his footwork, uh, talking about who he's been working with. And, and the guy that uh, worked with Brock Purdy is, is saying some glowing reviews. And we all remember Brock Purdy being a seventh round pick that turned into a really good quarterback for the 49ers. So I'll tell you right now, I'm not that guy that's thinking, okay, he's going to be the dude. The Raiders need to go get him. I still think it's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are the two best quarterbacks in this draft, and I, I do think that those guys are sure-shot franchise quarterbacks. But I'll tell you, everything that I'm learning and hearing, and obviously we see his athletic traits and what he could be on the football field, everything I'm hearing about him, I feel like some team, I'm not even guaranteeing, I'm not saying that the Raiders in particular, but some team is going to get a, a, a good player that's given himself an opportunity to be a great player. And again, what I mean by that, and, and again, this might be the most important trait of all, is the fact that he's a hungry dude that just wants to get better, wants to get out there and ball, knows that he's not a finished product. That's important. Knowing that you have room to grow, knowing that you're you know, a guy that's going to need some coaching and, and you got to learn and he's willing to be coached up. You know, something that Graham was saying is that uh, he's a guy that you, you tell him, OK, you did this wrong, but you got to do it like this. He'll 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 figure it out in one take. Right. It's not a guy that's going to have to do it four or five, six times before he understands it. He's going to get it right away. And so then that will be easier as far as trying to help teach this guy what he needs to do to be a, a successful player on the next level. They won't have to spend so much time trying to drill it in his head because he gets it after one try. I mean, that's just how how gifted he is, naturally gifted he is. So uh, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, again, like I said, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are my quarterback one and two. And really, I think Bryce Young is number one for me. It's just his size is a little bit of concern when it comes to the NFL. But he's got the the it factor. And C.J. Stroud, he's got uh, great accuracy and he's got size, right? The only thing he doesn't do is he's not doing a whole lot of improv stuff, which whatever, you know, if you, if you got accuracy and you can uh, be that guy, maybe you don't need all that improv stuff, but uh, Bryce Young just kind of has that it factor. And Anthony Richardson, he has the wow factor. <laughs> I don't know what team is going to pull the trigger on him and be wild, but I feel like that he's, he's definitely a uh, box office material. And it sounds like he's got the will to continue to get better. And that to me is really the biggest factor. If you have the will to get better, the will to be stronger, the will to know that you've got to work your tail off like a Max Crosby does, right? Like a, a Jalen Hurts did, uh, like a Josh Jacobs did. He didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. What did he do? He went and got a, a better eating habit, you know, went and got a personal chef, uh, you know, actually worked out a little bit less but smarter. I mean, just did everything the right way to make sure that he was going to have a really good season, and you see what that did. you got to have guys like that, and that's who Anthony Richardson sounds like. So, I mean, he's, he's slowly creeping into my mind as, well, could the Raiders pull the trigger on him? And look, we have about a month before the first round of the draft, so uh, there's plenty of time for me to sway my thoughts uh, towards Anthony Richardson, but it just feels like the upside on him is so high that, man, if, they, if the Raiders were able to hit on him or any team hits on him and he becomes that guy, oh, man, look out. He can end up being the guy that I thought Cam Newton was going to be. Once Cam became the MVP, I thought he was going to be MVP uh, in the candidacy for MVP every single year. And because of injury, obviously he wasn't. But, man, if, if this Anthony Richardson could take off early in his career and really take off and then be successful and stay injury-free unlike Cam, he could end up being a player, a big-time player for the whole for any team in the NFL for a very long time. But again, that's a lot to do, a lot of work that he still has to do. Again, a guy only has 13 career starts in college. But that's what I got for you. What are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? What are your thoughts on the draft? Let us know about it. 707-654-4693. I'll get to your calls and texts right after I tell you about FanDuel. And, well, we know that March Madness is here and the Final Four is here. And this weekend we'll know who's going to be uh, playing for the national championship on Monday in Houston. Well, 
Right now is the best time to get in on the action on FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can bet on anything. Money line, point spreads, which team is going to be cutting down the net, how many three-pointers are hit, and it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about the draft and the fact that he believes the writing is on the wall with the Raiders' approach this year. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan, Oregon. I wanted to call in, just got done watching uh, Anthony Richardson's Pro Day. Dude looks phenomenal, and uh, it's hard to not kind of envision him having success in the pros. But, hey, the real reason I wanted to call is <clears throat> with with keeping Richardson and all the quarterbacks in mind is, uh, Q, I really think the writing's on the wall for – for the Raiders to go pretty much all defensive in this draft. And it's not to say they don't snag, um, you know, a developmental quarterback in, let's say, the third round or, or even later. I could see them doing that. Because, and, and hear me out on this, and I think, you know, it's really starting to become pretty evident is that um, with, with getting Jimmy G locked up like they got, um, obviously they plan on him playing. And, if you're going to draft a quarterback real high, a lot of times you'd expect him to start right away. And so odds are it points at them, you know, work planning on Jimmy playing and, and working with the rookie. But also I think if you look at the history of the Raiders and any time they've had, you know, real, uh, I guess you could say like prolonged success, it's been built with, with a, with a good defense, you know, middle of the pack, if not good defense. And, it has been so long since the Raiders have even, you know, sniffed a top 10 defense. And to be honest with you, I don't even think we could – you might even have to go as far back as that early 2000s team to get a defense that was in that top 10. And, you know, I heard somebody recently say, I don't know if it was your radio show um, on Raider Nation Radio or if you brought it up on the pod, but I just think it's important to reiterate, it's like, Hey, they, they need probably up to five new starters and that's being generous on defense. And out of these 12 picks, you know, they, they're hoping that they land a few defensive starters. And, you know, Q, I heard somebody say, like I said on your show, it's it, usually a, an all-star defense is based on having a, a few dogs, you know, let's say three or four big time, you know, if you have three pro bowlers on a defense and, and a fourth up and coming guy that, that's, borderline pro bowler that's that's what it takes to have a 49er defense or you know to have any of these defenses that are always in the mix you know and I think we're pretty close I mean what they did in free agency to me fills a lot of the voids that aren't aren't necessarily your dogs um but they're also really uh solid guys you know they're solid depth and uh, I think now we just need to really locate a couple big time defensive players to go along with Crosby and we'll be close on defense. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And I don't know if the writing is necessarily on the wall, but I do think that they're set up in position, and I've kind of been talking about it for a while, that they should draft the majority of 
defense, right? I mean, that's just kind of what they should do. And I always go back to Matt Rule in Carolina, his first year. They drafted everyone defensively because they knew that they had to get better on the defensive side of things. And you see, their defense is good. I know Matt Rule didn't cut it in the NFL, but their defense is good because they went out and drafted a lot of guys. I do believe the Raiders will draft a quarterback at some point in this draft, but the majority of their picks, they got 12 right now, the majority of them, there's no doubt, should be uh, defensive guys because that's where they need the most work. So, uh, like I said, I don't know if the, really the writing's on the wall. I just think it's it's almost kind of the inevitable that the way that they're setting up their uh, their free agents and what they've done offensively in free agency, setting themselves up to be able to go ahead and draft the best players on defense if they so choose. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Pablo in Baltimore. It says, yo, Q, it's Pablo from Baltimore. I don't have a question, just a statement, and that is Mike Mayock and John Gruden should never be allowed to work in the NFL again. If I don't know any better, I think that what they've done was intentional. No way you can be that wrong about so many prospects. Arnett, Farrell, Abram, Leatherwood, Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, Lynn Bowden Jr., the list goes on and on. That's Pablo in Baltimore. And thanks so much for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And I don't know if they should never be allowed to work in the NFL anymore, but they severely missed on some on massive picks, right? And, and picks that were very important. I mean, John Gruden and company had, what, five first-round picks to work with, and only Josh Jacobs worked out, and they're you know still trying to figure out if they're going to get him signed to a long-term deal or if he's going to play on the one-year franchise tag. I mean, they missed on way too many guys, uh, like you said. And Farrell was a, a good player but drafted way too high. Abram just never cut out. Uh, Damon Arnett, he was a, a terror on and off the field, but not a terror on the field in a good way. Leatherwood, he was a, he was a wash right? Brian Edwards never turned out to be anything. He's on his, what, third team now? Uh, he went from the Raiders to the Falcons. Now he's uh, there in New Orleans with the Saints. Tanner Muse never played a down. Lynn Bowden Jr. never played a down. I mean, that is a lot of misses. You're right. It's funny, and I talked about this on my radio show on Thursday because so many people are upset at Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels and got to get those guys out of there, and I'm thinking, why? Right? I mean, they've only been with the, the organization a year, we haven't even seen Dave Ziegler in one full draft yet. I mean, he didn't have all his draft picks last year because he traded for Devontae Adams, but everyone was fired up about Mike Mayock. Everybody's fired up about John Gruden, and I'm not going to lie. I was fired up about John Gruden returning, and I was fired up about Mike Mayock. But why? Why was I fired up about Mayock? Same reason everybody else was, because he was a TV draft guru, right? He was a guy that I saw on NFL Network, and I felt like, man, this guy is so smart when it comes to the draft. Man, the Raiders are going to kill it. That's why I, th I thought Mike Mayock was going to be good. Obviously, it didn't work out, right? I don't know Dave Ziegler from anyone. I didn't know who Dave Ziegler was until he, he uh, took the job with the Silver and Black. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you and act like, oh, I knew Dave Ziegler when he was in Denver. I knew Dave Ziegler when he was in, in New England. No, I didn't. I'm not going to lie to you. I had no idea who he was. I've only got to know him since he's been with the Raiders. And uh, what he's did in the draft with limited, uh, you know, draft picks what he did in free agency where he didn't overspend for guys like J.C. Jackson, who I would have gave all the money to. Well, no, it's not enough, Q. I uh, need some more money for J.C. Okay, he's a lockdown corner. Sure, here, here's some more money. I would have done that, but he was disciplined. So I, I respect that. And then, of course, the few conversations I've had with him, sounds like he does know what he's doing. And I know that a lot of people aren't excited about that, but I just say, you know, just because you don't know who he is and the only thing you know about him is where he came from and that he's with Josh McDaniels in Denver and obviously in New England as well, doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think that it, it's going to be shown this upcoming draft. I just kind of have confidence that he's going to be able to get some really good players in the draft. I just feel like just talking to them, you just get a sense, right? It just, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't, maybe it's, I'm wrong. I, and if I am, I'll come, I'll come out and say it, but it just, I get that feeling that he has a good idea 
of what he's going to be doing in this upcoming draft, and I'm excited to see it. So I'll, I'll wait to hold my judgment on if this you know staff is good or bad based off what we see moving forward, right? I mean, we saw the first year. Obviously, it wasn't good. Six wins is not good enough, but let the team have an opportunity to, to grow a little bit, see what they do. Now, if they completely fall on their face, then all right, then Mark Davis is going to have some decisions to make. But if not, you see some growth, okay, Let's give these guys a chance because, again, continuity is what you need. There's the worst thing you could do is just fire guys and get them out. Fire guys and get them out. Fire, You know, just year after year after year, it's just not going to cut it. Even Mark Davis said, you know, even Derek Carr didn't really stand a chance. In the time that he was with the Raiders, he had seven head coaches. That is ridiculous, right? He went from what? Dennis Allen. Uh, what was it? Uh, Tony Sperano. Uh, who else? Uh, Jack Del Rio. Uh, John Gruden. Rich Versace. Uh, Josh McDaniels. Wasn't there another coach that I'm missing? There probably was another one, but at least six head coaches. That's just not going to cut it. In nine years, nobody's going to be good that way. It's just not going to happen. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Raider Izzy. He's calling to talk about the team not being a, being really good, but also not being really bad. So what exactly does that mean? Well, Raider Izzy will explain. Here he is. What up, Q? Raider Izzy. Wanted to chime in on uh, the quarterback um, situation. is a good word. Why not? Um... So I, I was kind of one for – I really wanted to roll with Stidham and, and get a guy next year. Um, I just think next year's class is a lot better, to be honest with you. And I started thinking about it, like, after kind of everything we're doing, um, and kind of looking at our roster. Um, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't think we're a good team at all right now. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we're bad, if that makes any sense. I kind of think we're right in the middle of a pack. I, I you know, we're, we're, we're too good of a team to expect to have a high draft pick to get a quarterback next year is kind of my point. Um, you know, with, with the weapons that we have, you know, on offense especially, and, and you know, just even the impact that Crosby has on defense, and we do have a, a, a few, you know, good players. I mean, we don't have, like, superstars throughout the defense, obviously, and, you know, guys that can at least get something done, but – my point is we're too good to get one of these high picks next year for a quarterback. With that in mind, I really think that we're going to be making a move to get one of the quarterbacks this year. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, especially with with this time window that the team has, they seem to want to put in place. I I really think they're going to go after, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be Levis. His, his, you know, the way his brain works, to be honest, kind of knowing the guy you know, 4.0 GPA in his bachelor's, 4.0 master's degree. Like, the, the dude is super smart. He's just incredibly educated. I, I think McHale's going to fall in love with the guy, to be completely honest with you, in, in, in conjunction with the skills that he has. But um, I kind of think that that almost, not necessarily Levis, but I, I think that that has to be the way we go this year is get a quarterback because we're gonna we're not going to be able to get one of these guys with a, you know, 8-9 record next year or 7-10 record. We're not going to get, you know, Drake May or or, you know, Caleb or anything like that. So, I don't know. This is kind of my opinion there. I, I think that we've got to kind of expect to get that guy. And <clears throat> I think it's going to be a higher pick, too. I, I don't think that, you know, I love DTR. I really do. I just don't think that's going to be an option later on. I think we're going to get a guy early. I really do. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Um you know, I love the show as always, bro. Later. Thanks so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And I mean, yeah, that could be a possibility, right? I mean, the Raiders could look at it like, hey, we're not going to be in the top 10 again. We're not going to have an opportunity to grab a quarterback. But I hope that they don't do that. And why I hope they don't do that is because I feel like that they're just going to reach to go grab somebody. Well, we're not in, you know, we're not going to be in this position next year. We're going to be outside the top 10. So we better grab a quarterback while we can. And my only concern is, you know, when's the last time three or four quarterbacks 
were selected in the top 10 and all of them were good, right? I mean, if they're going to get a quarterback, I want them to get a quarterback because they feel very confident that that's the guy. Not because, oh my goodness, we need to get one because, well, there's not going to be another good one later. I just, I'd rather them take their chance and get a guy like a Hendon Hooker later or someone else later. And if it works out, great, it works out. If it doesn't, well, then go back to the drawing board and try to get another guy later. Like, I don't want them to reach just because they feel like they need a quarterback, just like they reach for Cleve Farrell because they thought, oh, well, just trade a Khalil Mack, need an edge rusher. Or just like they reach for Alex Leatherwood, just trade, you know, we need a right tackle, let's go get this guy, right? I mean, just don't get desperate. Damon Arnett, they needed a corner. Like, I knew that they were going to pick a corner. I felt very confident they were going to pick a corner uh, at 19 when they picked Arnett. I just didn't think they were going to pick that corner, right? I mean, it's just, it almost seems like, well, got to fill this hole, so got to go draft this guy right here. And even though... That's the approach that they can take, and there was players in those positions that were better than the ones they drafted. They got it wrong. So don't don't get desperate and just draft a quarterback just because. So hopefully they don't do that. Hopefully if they do get a guy uh, with their first pick, it's because they feel very confident that he can be the guy. So uh, thanks so much for the call, Raider Izzy. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, next up, just got time for one more. Got a text from Central Cali Raider. Hey, Q, thanks for all the accurate insight you provide on your show. With the draft upcoming, if Jalen Carter is available at pick seven, I see the Raiders possibly trading pick seven and pick 100 to the Eagles for picks 10 and 30. This allows them to probably get one of the top two cornerbacks and could possibly use pick 30 on Hendon Hooker. Your thoughts, Central Cali Raider. Um, that's a good thought. That's why I mentioned earlier that the Raiders and nobody else should be taking anybody off their big board because you want teams to to want to trade up with you, right? If, if the Eagles at 10 know that Jalen Carter is off the Raiders board, why would they trade to seven? You know, they'll, they'll go and try to trade number eight with the Atlanta Falcons. Or, you know, they'll try to do that. Instead, uh, I would go ahead and put it out there that they were in love with Jalen Carter. And if another team wants him, uh, maybe they go and try to trade up ahead of him to go get him. And then uh, a really good player falls to him or, or maybe a team trades with them. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios that, that are in play here. So, yeah, I wouldn't be ruling anybody off the board right now. And if they're able to get a corner and Hendon Hooker or another defensive lineman and Hendon Hooker uh, with their first two picks, that'd be great. I do think it would be smart to get Hendon Hooker in the first round just because you get that fifth-year option uh, capability, and especially since he's coming off that ACL tear. You know, one, you know he's not going to play uh, year one, so that would be good to let him sit, let him learn, and then also still have what you feel like is four good years with him uh, if you do go ahead and start him year two. So there's a lot to think about, but uh, trading back's not bad. I just hope that they don't trade back too far and not get a stud. Like that's that's what I feel like they have to come out of this draft with is, is at least one alpha dog, if not two. They don't have enough alphas. They have good players, but they don't have enough alphas. They need to have those alpha dog mentality guys. They need to have a couple more Max Crosby's, probably on both sides of the ball, but definitely on the defensive side of things. So Central Cali Raider, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. That's all I got time for. Uh, coming up on Monday's show, I'll get back to more calls and texts. Jacob in Fresno, a text from Psych 757 Chuck in Austin, a.k.a. Austin Raider. We'll get all those in. Uh, plus, you'll hear from uh, Matt Miller and Jordan Reed. I'll be on their draft conference call a little bit later on this morning. Excited about that. And, of course, I'll bring the highlights of that to, uh, to the show on Monday, plus any news and notes that I get from over the weekend. So Raider Nation, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy uh, the Final Four. Uh, hopefully it's really good games and we uh, have a really good championship game. I'm excited about it. Uh, and of course, baseball is back as well. And I'll be sitting in front of the TV, hopefully watching some good baseball over the weekend. And maybe you will too, but either way you do it, man, enjoy your weekend. Have a good time. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always just win baby.